Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Early on a sports, divisional round showdowns, and surprise guests. Let's get it, baby. Welcome into episode number 99 on this January 20th. Back here at JD, I'm going to hand it off to him, but we also got a special guest in the building. Don't don't let it be unknown here. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah. Headquarters, as they was saying, 1420 Sports, is Burley Sports Headquarters. Yeah, we got uh, Joe Castro here. Huge Eagles fan. How, how you doing tonight, man? I can't complain, man. We got, we got playoff football right around the corner. Uh, you know, our birds are in that. I, I, anytime I get to talk to some Eagles fans, it's always a good day. So I'm excited for this. You know, we were talking before the show that we definitely want to make sure we go into this super hype and then come Monday, we'll be super hype as well. So just uh, real quick, just tell us a little bit about yourself, man, if you don't mind, just for our listeners, you know, you from Philly originally, you know. So, yeah, actually, I'm from Connecticut. Originally, I'm from Connecticut. We don't have any professional sports teams, um, but, you know, short, long story, very short. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, I, that's I don't I don't count them. They're in Boston. I, I right. really don't like them at all. Right. As an Eagles um, fan, you can't. As an Eagles fan, you can't like the Patriots. That's not hard. even close. Yeah, I picked the right team. I, <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like I picked the right team. Yes, but no, you know, <laughs> growing up, my whole family's actually from New York. So long story short, they're all Giants fans. When I was younger, I got the choice of what football team okay. I was, uh, you know, fall in love with. So most of my sports teams are realistically just to kind of argue with my father, who was a diehard <laughs> Giants fan. So, uh, you know. 30 years later 30 plus years later not to date myself uh here i am with philly philly the podcast i work with Fanfield, uh co-founded by michael vick so uh doing a lot of good things with sports and just enjoying uh, uh the great season that the eagles are having right it's, it's finally yeah. a great season again so yeah that's a little bit about me yeah dude absolutely i mean we're honored to have you on here we appreciate your time so um just one of the first questions I wanted to ask, did you coming into this season? So, you know, we make the, the trade for AJ Brown, obviously, which just amps that receiver up our uh, receiving room up a lot more. You know, we got Devontae Smith, you know, obviously we, we have a good tight end. Did you foresee the Eagles coming in and, you know, putting in this kind of work? Did you see them going for a number one seed or were you thinking like, okay, you know, maybe like a 10 and seven, 11 and six type thing? 
Yeah, um, you know, I said it before. I do, I do a show every week with a Cowboys fan, and me and him did a season prediction, a season record prediction prior to the year. He had them going twelve and five, so he got it on the nail. And I had him going fourteen and three, so I got it on the head. I what? I did. I, I did. Yeah, it was, I was very proud of that. Yeah. Uh, but no, I think that going into this season, obviously, you look at the talent that was you know added to this team, but you also looked at your schedule, and I think mm. we were like number two when it came to uh, strength of schedule which you know means that's a story for another time but at the end of the day we had a weak schedule right it wasn't the the yeah. hardest schedule to go through whereas you look at next year and that's going to be a gauntlet right um right. this year i felt like going into it i knew that the eagles team even that came into last year that was you know got blew out against tampa bay i knew that that team would beat bad teams right that was kind of the way right. that we kind of got into the playoffs last year we would beat the teams that we were supposed to and there was a lot of teams on the schedule that i felt like the eagles were so supposed to be so coming into it i was very high on this team um i will say this to, to be 100 percent honest i wasn't as high on jalen hurts as i am now I, I there was a lot of things and a lot of questions that he had to answer you know to this team and to to me as a fan as someone watching before i gave him that franchise you know he's that guy um I think he's the biggest surprise to me, at least. I didn't expect, I, I did expect the improvement. I didn't expect it at this leap and bound, right? It, it's just a totally different quarterback. It looks at least in the pocket. He just looks comfortable. Mm -hmm. looks like he's going through his reads way yeah. better. Just a crazy transformation from what I saw last year. So was I surprised by the team success? Not necessarily, um, but the individual success, you know, right? We can look at the records and stuff like yeah. that. Uh, but just the individual success definitely surprised. Yeah, Aaron, did you predict them going uh, 14 and three? Or I know you're a bit more of a skeptic. You know, you're the kind of guy that comes out and goes, well, here's why we might lose. Did you see 14 <laughs> and three coming? That's uh, that's very well said, because that's that's exactly <laughs> who I am to a T with. I mean, uh, all my sports teams have let me down more times than not. And, and that's a different story for another day as well. But I I was thinking like a 10 and seven type type year. Uh, I, I thought Jalen Hurts would be better. Uh, just like Joe alluded to, I had no, you know, I had no feeling that he would make leaps and bounds like he has, especially like like the accuracy and things. I mean, you you date back to that Tampa Bay game. Yeah, it's Tom Brady. Yeah, it's it's so hard to go in there and, and just beat that guy in his own stadium, you know, most of the time. But I mean, they looked awful. They got blown out. I was like, you know, there'll be there'll be definitely be some games. I think that this team will, will run some people over. But even coming out of the gate this year, I mean barely escaping in Detroit. And, and I mean, Detroit has, has proven to be a decent team. Like let's yeah. not disrespect <clears> them, but I was like, Oh my goodness, we gave up what 35 to Detroit right out yeah. of the gate. I was like, here we go again, man. Like we're, we're decent, but we're not there yet. But I mean, just the ride this team has been on um, the defense. I mean, how my, my cap is tipped to Howie Roseman. Uh, I yeah. didn't at all think he would make the moves that he did. And like, he just went out there and, and it feels like 2017. I know a lot of people are saying that right, yep. right this time of year, but I mean, just the acquisitions are are key. And and finally, we, we were getting the drafting figured out. I mean, we're taking kids from Alabama, uh, Georgia, <laughs> like the, the the kids you want to take in the draft. So no Jalen Rager type picks. No, yeah, exactly, man. It's all it's all coming together at the right time, and it's hard to win in this league. And we want to obviously get to the to the finish line and and win the whole thing. Because it's it's a small window usually you have with both sides of the ball being this loaded. 
Yeah, no, that's something that you you just alluded to was a 2017 feel. And I got to say, I disagree with you both. Um, I thought Jalen Hurts was going to make this step. I didn't think the defense was going to be this good, to be honest with you. I thought Jalen Hurts would come out and be an absolute stud. I would have probably picked him to finish the top five for MVP. I don't think I didn't think preseason that he was going to be quite at this level, but I knew he was going to take huge steps. I know in the offseason, that was his main thing. Like he's working out with receivers. He's working on his accuracy. You know, obviously, we already know that he's a phenomenal runner, you know, very intelligent guy. Also, knowing that he was in the same system for the second year in a row, um, I had a feeling he was going to take a huge leap because he didn't have that in college. He kept, you know, bouncing back around, you know, switching schools and whatnot. So I'm grateful and uh, really happy that I was right. Um, And I guess you guys are probably happy that you uh, didn't expect. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) Right. So, I mean, Aaron already said it, uh, 2017 field field to it i want to ask you joe you know the eagles were the last number one seed to win the super bowl that miracle season you know nick Foles. we got our main man um as our number one quarterback you know we got jalen hurts going into this one different situation than with wentz but does this have a 2017 feel to you is jalen hurts coming back off this injury um kind of have a similar feel to like nick Foles coming in and playing like what are your thoughts there man I'm glad you asked that because it's funny. I was talking about this uh, in one of my like Eagles chats, right? We all got them. We all got <laughs> our, our football chats. And I, I was saying it's it's weird. I feel like I want this one more than I wanted the 2017 one. And it's not, you know, obviously it's your first ring and you always want it. But I had that feeling every year, right? Mm-hmm. Not not just because we were the number one seed that year. But now that I got a taste of what it's like, right? Yeah. You know <laughs> what it's like to win it all. I want this one so bad. So it does have that same type of, you know, feel and atmosphere. There's storylines throughout the season. Like the storylines that the Eagles have had to go through are just insane. I mean, you're playing a, like a couple different former coaches, couple different former players, like it, whatever it was, it was, it was just crazy. You're, you're constantly reminded of your past throughout mm-hmm. this year. And I think that it continues throughout this, this uh, playoffs. You got to, you know, beat the giants. You possibly have to beat uh, yeah. uh, the Cowboys. Boys, you, yep. you possibly have to beat the Niners, who we have some history with when it comes to the playoffs. So I do think that there's a similar feel. I just think this year it's like, you know, you should win it. Like, I I wouldn't <laughs> yep. say I gave up all faith in 2017, but it, it was kind of like, all right, let's just go out here and, you know, fight. Like, that's all we can really do. We we have a bunch of dogs down. Let's just go out there and fight. Now it's like we got 21 of 22 starters, you know, playing tomorrow. Like, that's. That's about as healthy as you're going to get. And then you get Avante Maddox, hopefully somewhere in this season uh, or in this postseason. I've said this before, and I I don't know if it's like maybe it is cocky. Maybe I don't care. You know, it is what it (laughs) is. I I don't think that there's a team in the NFC, at least, that can beat the Eagles. I think it's the Eagles that have to beat themselves. Whereas when you look at the, you know, 2017 season, a lot of hope was lost because you didn't have your quarterback. You didn't have your um, tackle. You didn't have a middle line, but you know, we can go down the list of them. And I, so yes and no, you know, there's a lot of things that feel similar, but I feel like this year is just like, we should have it. We should at the very least make it there. And then we worry about it when we get there. So it's like, I don't know. I, I do feel a little bit similar, but just, I feel like this is more of a year that, we got to go out there and get it. Like we had, there's no excuses. Yeah. I think there's going to be a lot more pressure on the players uh, because of the fact it's like, Hey, we're the number one seed. We are fully healthy. Like you said, 21 out of 22. Now missing Maddox is a, is a big deal. And I, I do want to yeah. ask you about the secondary here, here in a minute and Jonathan Gannon, cause that's something we've talked a lot about in the show, but 
Yeah, I, I definitely want this one. I would say not quite as much as 2017 because um, that was against Tom Brady and the Patriots and like obviously with our first ring. And then that was the perfect opponent to have to get that first yeah. ring. That's so, so freaking satisfying. I will remember that game, you know, those moments. If I get dementia, I hope one of the last things I remember <laughs> is, you know, hosting them Lombardi trophy, you know what I mean? But this year, the whole time from other fans, like, oh, it's the schedule. They're actually not that good, blah, 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 this and that. So, yeah, I want it just to shut the haters up. You know, I agree with you 100% there. It, it's time to just go in there and get this thing. Um, yeah, and I will – can I throw one little piece of that? Just for listeners and, and people that may hear that a lot because I – do hear that a lot the whole strength of schedule thing and that's why i said earlier it's like a whole story in its own the difference between i believe preseason the 49ers had somewhere in like they were top five as far as hardest strength of schedule right and the eagles were bottom two or bottom three something like that there was a 0.069 percent difference between the two we're not talking about this one team played a bunch of high school teams and the other (laughs) team played real nfl to it i think a lot of of things get lost in translation when people talk about this strength of schedule so it's not as far off as i think a lot of people are trying to make it seem but i had to get that out that was just like burning (laughs) in my in my chest i had to say that (laughs) no i appreciate it i appreciate i didn't know that that was that close like a percentage wise so that's definitely good to know I mean, look at the the NFC East is three out of the four teams that are left in the in the dance in the yep. NFC side of the of the playoffs. Uh, so, I mean, you can say what you want. I mean, you can say the Vikings were fraudulent. Uh, there's a lot of teams we played down the stretch that that aren't very good. But like I've, I've talked to J.D. about this so many times, like we made the point about TCU and college football, like you can only play the teams in front of you and exactly. to come away with. I mean, you can make a case this, this team should be 16 and one. Uh, just, you know, if Hertz was in there for the, the Dallas game and, and obviously I definitely think we beat the saints with Jalen Hurts. That was just the, the worst yeah. game I've seen this team play all year. So, um, yeah, I don't know, man. People, people always like to find a reason. It, it, it always seems like Philadelphia too. They always want to poke fun <laughs> and, and kick us while we're down per se, but it's, uh, you know, it's been rewarding. It's just like Joe said, like, like JD said, I mean, to nothing really matters until, until we get in here and like these are the games that we're we're playing for this is why you sign up to play football like you want to be playing games yeah. in in January and you want to be in the Super Bowl that's that's the ultimate goal yeah absolutely and um Joe you said about you know the Eagles have to beat themselves and you know you look at our you know losses with Jalen Hurts against the the Red or I'm sorry the Commanders I still go to say Redskins but the, against the <laughs> Commanders they had that you know all those turnovers and including that egregious no call right in front of the refs with, with Goddard getting hurt to add insult to injury, you know, injury to insult. if you want to reverse that <laughs> and, um, you know, losing to the Cowboys with Minshew, we turned the ball over what, like four times, I think it was, you know, so we really do have to, to beat ourselves in a, in a lot of ways. Um, I think the Niners would be the only team, honestly, that we would have to beat. And that's if Brock Purdy plays at the level that Brock Purdy has been playing at, you know, with him being a rookie quarterback, you just never know. But Aaron, like you said, you know, three teams in the, from the NFC East in there. And uh, that's the first time since 1997 that three teams have been in the final four in a division. So, you know, that's something that hasn't happened in a long time, you know, 25 years or what? Yeah. 25 years. So quarter century, definitely an impressive thing. And I know uh, the NFC East has been hated on the NFC least. And then this year they're like the NFC beast. So um, <laughs> I'm looking forward to a good game on Sunday, but uh, before we talk about that game, I just wanted to ask you, you know, one thing here, Joe, about the coaching staff. Aaron does not like Jonathan Gannon. 
what are your thoughts on Gannon? And also, who is your favorite secondary player for the Eagles? I'll answer the second part because it's probably going to be a little bit easier. I, I would say right now it's probably Chauncey Gardner. John. I just like the swag that he brings to that secondary, and I yeah. really hope that we bring him back. I love Darius Slay. I love his wife. They, you know, you see it right behind me. I mean, I, yeah. I have the Darius Slay, you know, uh, signed <laughs> yeah. jersey. Like that's my dog. You know what I'm saying? Don't get me wrong. Um, but I just like what Chauncey Gardner is, and I think that he looks like the future of the Philadelphia Eagles secondary. So I'm hoping he he's that guy. So I, I would probably say him. Um, and you know, look, Jonathan Gannon, I, I talk about this a lot. I get asked a lot about this and I understand, I get it. I, I don't want to sit here and be like, I hate Jonathan Gannon. I don't agree with a lot of things that he does. And I, I don't necessarily like the fact that he doesn't shift his scheme to his players. It's always, you have to have the players, you know, to fit his scheme and then it could work. Um, but to that end, it has worked. I mean, this year, last year was atrocious, right? We're, <laughs> we're able to go out there and get him his guys, and we go from terrible to record-breaking, right? I mean, this is yeah. probably the best defense that the Eagles have fielded, and that's, you know, that's that's accounting for those buddy, you know, buddy Ryan days. You got the 80s that we were really out there killing people. So right. we were able to beat some of those records, and we did them. We did a lot. I think we beat that record. We beat our own franchise sack record with, I think, two or three weeks to go. I could be wrong about that. Um, but, you know, obviously we chased the Bears at the end. But, I mean, it's pretty impressive what he's been able to do. We've been very stout in the run in the past against most teams. Now, we haven't played many good teams, you know, as we keep on saying. But it is what it is. I mean, who we've played, we haven't let them, with some exceptions. And usually those exceptions come when we have injuries. And that's not an excuse for him he should be able to figure out how to utilize his players so to that end i definitely agree that i don't i don't really like how he his philosophy i don't like his philosophy i feel like he says you have to be good enough to play for me instead of i have to be good enough to make sure you're playing good you know if that makes sense and that that's that's what i don't like about him um but I, i mean i can't deny his results right it's like it's hard to really look at his results and be like this guy sucks like what is he gonna do (laughs) i mean it's it's tough right now it's hard to really make an argument against him as our defensive coordinator you know if you look at the totality of his work then it becomes a little bit more clear that maybe if this guy doesn't have all the tools that he needs maybe he's not going to be the most successful down the line um, and I think that's a decision that the Eagles have to make, but I think that decision might get made for us. If he goes yeah. and is a, a head coach somewhere else, I think whoever you bring in as a DC, um, whether it be a Vic Vangio, who I know spent time with the team, whether it be, you know, even I think a guy, a lot of people like the uh, the defensive backs coach. I love him. Um, I've heard Tracy Rocker as a guy they might pr- promote. I love him. Um, mm-hmm. I, I like Nick Rallis. I mean, you're looking at, I think he's 30, He's like, I think he's 30. I think he's like 29, 30, something like that, taking over the linebacking core. And we've seen a massive improvement from our linebacking core. I'm not saying he would be the greatest head coach, but maybe that's somebody, you know, defensive coordinator or head coach or whatever. Maybe that's somebody you say, let's take a chance on this guy and kind of, you know, help him through a couple years until he gets his feet wet. And now we got a guy for the future. He's 30 years old. He's one of the youngest coaches in the league. So I think there's options for when he does or if he does leave. Um, and I understand not liking him, but my opinion right now is like, you can't knock the results. And right now we have all our dogs back <laughs> except for Maddox. Um, yeah. So I think that he should be able to, 
make it happen with this team. And I know Anthony Harris just got elevated from the practice squad for tomorrow. So hopefully he doesn't rub off too many Vikings vibes. You know, we don't want that. (laughs) But, you know, I think that he has enough weapons out there, enough tools out there to run the scheme that he wants to. But I think it's very fair to question a lot of the things that he does and and maybe the things that he doesn't do for this defense. Yeah, a lot of things, and Aaron's been saying this, but a lot of uh, other people say that the players are just that darn good. They make him look good. So I definitely see yeah. where you're coming from. I like the fact that you said, you know, he says you got to be good enough to play for me rather than, you know, working around the the strength of some of his players, especially during injury. You know, we saw that against the Cowboys when Josiah Scott had to come in, and that was just absolutely atrocious. We don't even have to get into that. But, yeah, no, I agree. I <clears throat> Excuse me. I definitely agree with you. I like the idea of giving a – uh, the defensive coordinator uh, coordinator position to a younger guy, honestly, especially if we win the Super Bowl this year, because yeah, you just you just work with him, and you know he gets loyalty to Philly. The only you, you know problem you could run into that would be you know he hits thirty one, thirty two years old, and all of a sudden he's he's bouncing out for a head coaching job yeah. somewhere else. So <laughs> I definitely see where you're coming from there. Real quick, twenty seventeen, we had Jim Schwartz. I've heard a lot of people say, you know, we won that Super Bowl, just, you know, not because of Jim Schwartz's defense, but because the fact that the Eagles offense carried him all year. Would you agree if you, you know, I know Schwartz just got the job in Cleveland. Would you take Schwartz over, over Gannon based on what we've seen? Probably, no, I probably, probably not. I mean, I, I like Schwartz and everything, but I feel like if you look at this staff, they're a young staff. I'd rather kind of stay there. Like, I, I don't think Jim Schwartz really fits what this team has become you know what i mean i think that this is when you got a lot of young players you got a young head coach i don't know if bringing in a guy like that really you know solves anything i and i think jonathan gannon is like i said we can't really deny the results right now i'd rather ride it out i I wouldn't like if we had to re-sign jonathan gannon or bring schwartz i guess that that would be a hard question to be honest probably jonathan (laughs) gannon still just because he's young and, you know, I like the I like the younger minds of the NFL. I feel like the NFL is changing. So you need guys yeah. that kind of are going to be down to change with it. We've seen a lot of, you know, older coaches come in and just fail because they are doing something they did 20 years ago and realizing it doesn't work. So I, I like that we have a young defensive coordinator. Maybe Jonathan Gannon's not perfect, but I, I'll take his results right now. I'll take his results right now. No, you, you made a lot of excellent points, and I see that you – you're not like one way or the other. So I can appreciate yeah. that. A lot of people either like, I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm definitely drinking the haterade of Gannon <laughs> only because I, I saw it last year at nauseam to where I, it just made me sick to, I mean, we're, we're just giving up that shell coverage just drives me insane. I, I, I know we, uh we played very, very well this year, but like you said, um I think a lot has to do with um just the personnel we have. I definitely see your point. Like if you brought in Schwartz, with the rest of the staff, it wouldn't fit. Now, if the rest of the staff had like a philosophy of a Jim Schwartz, I think yeah. it would it would work even more so, in my opinion, just because I think Jim Schwartz did more with less and Gannon does less with more. And I, I right. will just, that's just my opinion on that. I think, and I made this point to JD, I think if, if Gannon goes like to a Houston or, I mean, I want to, I want to give like, you know, at least him a half respectable franchise that knows what they're doing, but let's just say he goes to a team that kind of knows what they're doing and he takes over the head coaching uh, role. I I think he would fail miserably. Honestly, I I just, I don't have that faith that he's the guy uh, to lead a team or, or, or that type of thing. But, but like you said, I mean, I can't argue with the, 
results this year, you know, it's hard to say with this guy, I've done better with, the, you know, X, Y, and Z, but uh, it's just, I, like you said, I, I, it's tough, man. After watching last year and like some of those games were very winnable. If I think if we changed just the way we uh, schematically play defense, uh, it's tough to unsee that. And, you know, it's really going to be a, like a test this, this uh, postseason. Like if we're playing shell coverage and we're getting torched by, uh, Darius Slayton all day long. I'm gonna be raging, man. I'll be like, dude, <laughs> yeah, switch something, switch something up, switch something up. But yeah, we'll see, man. You you made a lot of good points on on why you feel the way you feel for sure. Let's get into this Giants game. Then we're seven and a half point favorites. Um, do you think that that's being generous to the Giants? Do you think we're gonna go in and win this game by fourteen, you know, or twenty twenty one, or do you think this game is gonna come down to a field goal? I mean, it is the playoffs. At the, you know, the start of the playoffs, everybody's zero and zero you know, 60 minutes of football, win or go home. So what do you guys think? Are, are we winning that game? I'll pose the second question. If we're going to win, do you think we win by a bunch? Is it a close game? And if we're somehow lose, what's the one reason the Giants beat us? Man, if we if we lose, I think it's because, like I said, like turnovers, Jalen Hurts trying to, you know, win the game by himself, our defense making dumb, you know, mistakes. That I think – it really comes down to mistakes. I don't know many ways that the Giants can beat us. I think it's yeah. more us beating us. I mean, and, you know, as far as the spread, I think that I think it will be a close game on paper. I think the last the final score might be a little bit closer than maybe a lot of people are, you know, thinking it will be. But I don't think it'll ever be that close. I think that it'll kind of be like the second game that we played them where we had, I think, a 19 point lead. And, mm-hmm. you know, we kind of took the foot off the gas. I don't think we'll take our foot off the gas, but I Better think not. we'll build. <laughs> yeah, no, I think we'll build a nice, comfortable lead. And then maybe they score a touchdown or two in the you know second half at the end, kind of just scrambling. And we end ourselves with like a 26, 14 game or 26, 17 game. And it looks a lot closer than it actually was. Um, but I, I don't think that I, I don't see much many ways that they can go out there and beat us. And I could I, I might come out of here with pie on my face. Like you said, it is, you know, <laughs> it is the NFC East. It is the playoffs. You are playing them three times, even though history does kind of favor the, the you know, home team and the team trying to go for that third win. I think I, there was 24 matchups I saw. Um, I think it's 15 and nine or something like that. As far as, you know, the, the actual split and that being the, the the team going for the third win usually wins 15 times. And then when it's the home team, I think it's 13 and six. I, I, there's no way outside of the Eagles beating themselves that I realistically think that the Giants should win this game. So it, maybe it's a little bit too cocky, but I, I just think that's being realistic looking at the times that we've played, you know? Mm-hmm. I, no, I agree with you. Aaron, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think the spread being seven is definitely interesting. I mean, I was I was kind of listening to some Philly podcasts and, and radio today, and I also listened to some New York stuff just to get some perspective. And, you know, there's a lot of advantageous Eagles fans for good reason, and there's a lot of a lot of Giants fans that think that this is going to be a nail-biter. Uh, I think seven is about where I see it, honestly. Like Joe said, I, I think at times this could be very stressful. Um, you know, if we have a couple of three and outs and – Giants come down, score, like it, it could go back and forth for, for some time just because it's a divisional game at the end of the day. These teams know each other for the most part. They know what we're going to try and do. Uh, we know what they're going to try and do. My thing is uh, we can't let uh, Daniel Jones get out and just be able to run all over us. If he starts yeah. doing doing that, that's going to set up so much more. Uh, that, that could set up Barkley having a big day. That's another guy, obviously, we have to keep in check. 
I mean, their receiver core, we, we talk a lot about the Giants receiver core not being, you know, even close to, to elite in any way. So um, it, it's going to take them doing a lot of extra things to stay in this game, I think. But if they can capitalize on those things, like if Daniel Jones can run the ball pretty effectively, let's say 50, 60 yards, and then you get Barkley for another 50, 60, I mean, this game could be could be nerve-wracking. It could be closer than we think. I mean, everything points to the Eagles winning, which scares me sometimes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But uh, I do think we pull this out. But I, I do think it, it could be it could be a seven-point game. It could be between three and seven points. I, I don't think us – I don't think we're going to blow them out. I, I don't see this being more than like a 10 point game at really yeah. at, in the end. Yeah. I mean, we've beaten the giants nine straight games at home. So it'd be nice, obviously to get that double digit 10 sounds a lot better than nine, you know, punching our ticket to the uh, NFC um, championship game. I think if they, they do lose, it would be because of uh, Daniel Jones and Isaiah Hodgins, Isaiah Hodgins, these last few weeks has been, absolutely a stud at wide receiver and the chemistry he has with Jones and then the ability to get open, you know, as Jones is moving around, I agree with you completely. We have to keep a spy spy on Jones. If we can do that, we hold him under 50 yards rushing. I don't see how we lose that game aside from having a a breakdown offensively and turning the ball over a bunch. But I think it's going to be about a 10 point game. Uh, Honestly, I'm thinking something like, you know, I don't know, 31, 21, um, Mm. You know, maybe 27 to 21 if we can't punch the ball in the end zone. That's something that we, you know, saw in the last game against the Giants. Uh, J- Jake Elliott was phenomenal, but hopefully we only need him out there for extra points. And <laughs> when he's out there for extra points, he doesn't pull a Brett Maher. We definitely yeah, don't I'll need just any of that. that. <laughs> <laughs> no money Maher syndrome here. Elliott, Elliott's, uh, he's risen to the occasion for the for the big kicks. So I'm not, I'm not worried about that at all. So yeah, I, t- I told a couple of my 49ers uh, friends. Because uh, I'm in another weird chat group with a bunch of Dallas Cowboys and 49. But anyways, um, I, I told them, I hope their game comes down to whoever can kick four field goals in a row. That's what I, that's what I, want. I want. Extra point shootout. That's what I want. That's funny, man. I love it. Uh, last thing I'm going to, last question I'm going to ask here, Boston Scott, the giant slayer. You think he scores here? I really hope he does because I have a bet in, in on here. It's one of my uh, free $25 bets that he scores. I get like 92 bucks. So uh, for extra reason reasoning, I want him to score. But, uh, you know, defensive coordinator of the Giants was, in my opinion, disrespectful, man. He doesn't look at, at Scott as a Giants slayer. What do you think about that? Um, he gonna find out, right? He, he, he gonna there's that chart, right? I think you all know, you guys all know that chart where you mess around and then you find out. That's that's where he's headed right now. He's gonna, he's gonna mess around and find out. Um, look, I, you talked about the nine game win streak, right? And he's a big part of that. I think he has ten touchdowns in yep. that nine game streak. Uh, yep. and I think there was one game where he didn't have an actual rushing touchdown, and he ended up getting a receiving touchdown that year. He, I mean, he just doesn't stop, right? He is the yeah. giant killer. Um, and I think that this year, whereas we may have not seen it, you know, on the offensive side, he did have some good carries against the Giants, don't get me wrong. We saw it in special teams. So that'll be interesting to see if he's mm-hmm. out there on kick return, punt return, see if he's getting some action that way. We, I don't think punt return, but kick return, he was getting some good return. So, yeah. I mean it could be very interesting. Maybe that's how he, and that would be a very welcome um, addition if he (laughs) wants to help us out on special teams. So I, you know, I think he's going to get his, I think that he will find his way into the end zone. And I, even if it's by force, even if it's us just being like, this is okay. Nick Sirianni is young. 
and maybe sometimes that, you know, plays against his better judgment. I think there will be a series that we're just on the one or two yard line. And he says, Boston, I'm going to hand it to you like three times. You better <laughs> find your way in there. Like we, we need you to, we want you to get just, th- so I, I think he will find his way into the end zone. Um, and I think that, you know, if this game goes, how a lot of people are thinking it, we should have the opportunity to kind of soak the game away um, with the Boston Scott, with the Miles Sanders, and I don't know if this is necessarily the game you shoot all your, you know, bullets. So I don't know if you're going to really have Miles Sanders out there if it's a blowout. I don't know if you're really going to, you know. So I, yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot of opportunity for Boston Scott in the pass game, run game. Um. So yeah, I think you're good on that bet. <laughs> I think that that's a that's a very good bet right now. I, I know a lot of draft uh, books have actually for a crazy, yeah. crazy, crazy up right now. So hey, yeah. I mean, I'm happy that money. As long as he scores, you know, I'm definitely happy with it. But I thought the odds were disrespectful to him as well. So um, hopefully they, you know, he he proves them wrong. The last kick return for a touchdown, I just looked it up here, was 2016 against the Vikings for the Eagles. So it's been a minute. So that'd be pretty sweet if Scott got into the end zone kick return for a touchdown. That would be one hell of a way to start off the game or start off the second half, you know just Facts. get the fat uh get the uh the fans behind us i mean our fans are incredible they're loud they're obnoxious they're gonna get you know <laughs> get in uh, daniel jones's head and i you know maybe i'm wrong but i feel like philly's fans are gonna get in jo- jones's head a lot more than the vikings fans do and that's no disrespect yeah. to the vikings but like man we bring the house <laughs> we don't we play practice. around and, and you know shout out to kobe too because like we're we, yeah, kobe's been doing a lot better over the past couple of weeks I, I i mean he's been getting popped don't get me wrong like every time he gets hit i'm I'm like worried for the man's um safety but you know he's he's been doing well he's been getting positive gains on punt returns that's all you can really ask for so I mean, maybe this is now the time where everything kind of turns the tide and everything. I don't love Brent Kern. You know, I would, I would love to have Sippus back, um, but yeah. it is what it is. I think we have the dogs. And shout out to Sippus. I had Aaron Sippus on my show once. To, I'm like, and I talk to him every now and then. He's amazing. That <laughs> guy awesome. is like the coolest dude in the world. Like just the funniest guy in the world. So I, I, I root for him. He didn't have the greatest, you know, first shout out to year was kind of up and down. But I, I love him. He had a great year this year until he got hurt. So, uh, but yeah, I, they, we don't give enough love to special teams. So I had to say a couple names and yeah, I'll give him a little <laughs> bit of love. I'll give him a little bit of love. I, I'll say I like I'll, I'll say this, man. Like if we do get up in the in the game and you know we can we can suck the clock like you said. If we can just cruise to a victory, I will hope the Eagles learn from another younger head coach, Brandon Staley. Run, that ball. Run the damn ball, man. Run the yeah. ball. I don't, I don't care if it's Gainwell. I don't care if it's Boston Scott. I don't care if it's Miles Sanders. I don't care if they put Dallas Goddard back there and run the ball, but do not do not put uh, us in a position where we are just throwing the ball all over the field. And and I don't want to give them a, any momentum at all. Um, I like I like what you said about just getting in Daniel Jones's head there, JD. I mean, this is I mean eight o'clock. Everybody's going to have a few alcoholic beverages in their system by then. It's <laughs> this is not a place you want to come to as a, as an opponent in the postseason. I mean, you even see saw how the the Phillies crowd just showed up and showed out this, this postseason for them. So it's going to be rocking. It's going to be rolling. I mean, AJ Brown said it best Philly is lit. It's yeah. going to be, it's going to be more than lit this, this weekend. Yeah. And I think that is the perfect segue to move into some of these other games here. That was a really good, good talk about the giants and uh, Eagles. Definitely super pumped. I can't imagine we lose that game. So I'm getting even more excited. Like I'm stumbling over some of my words here as I'm getting excited. It feels about the real game. now. It feels real. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> 
seeing that Slay jersey in the background, you know, all the Eagles memorabilia, you got a cool setup. So for our listeners, you know, we do plan on bringing a video podcast soon. We're in the process of a rebrand. So stick with us, guys, and, and we'll be bringing you some video. Maybe Joe will be willing to come back on so y'all can see course, his sick setup. Definitely. We'll get into the uh, Jaguars and Chiefs game because we just talked about Staley screwing it up because he did. Trevor Lawrence, Dougie P coming coming in hot that second half. So Jaguars are heavy underdogs coming into this game. You know, Andy Reid playing at home. We know the Chiefs are just absolute studs. They, they do extremely well. Arrowhead is a very hostile environment. Do you see Trevor Lawrence going in there and giving Mahomes a run for his money? Or do you see this as a blowout, Joe? I hope. I You know, look, we just talked about, you know, Dougie P. We were kind of throwing a bunch. Of, we were we said Dougie Peterson probably a little bit more than we should have uh, when talking about the Eagles. But <laughs> it's funny to think, you know, last week he wins the game realistically because he didn't go away from the run and you know as stanley did or staley did uh and you look back at his tenure with the eagles and i think the main thing everybody kept on chanting and chorusing throughout his tenure was run the damn ball so it's funny (laughs) that he has the biggest comeback in nfl history in the playoffs because he ran the ball so i think it's it's beautiful to see the 180 from him um but look man I love Doug Peterson, and maybe that's an unfair or an unpopular opinion to some, but what he did for this city, not just the Super Bowl, but to get us out of the rut that we were that was called Chip Kelly, like we sure. went from possibly <laughs> the worst coach in Eagles history. And I know, you know, some of the guys that are, are maybe older generations will fight me there, but you know, one <laughs> of the worst situations that the Eagles have been in historically, we get out of that and then we win a Super Bowl in what two, three years. So right. it's what he did for the city, what he did for the culture of this Eagles team. I'll always have love for him. Um, I hope he does go out there and win. I I got love for Andy Reid too. He got his ring. I said yep. congratulations on Facebook. I'm over it now. So <laughs> you know, Doug, go get you another one. Um, and I think he would join a pretty, a pretty cool list of people. I don't quote me on this, but I think he would become the fourth head coach to ever go to two different teams and bring them to the Super Bowl. And he would be only, I believe, the second of those coaches to actually win a. a both times and he would be the third that would have had one of those 10 years at the Eagles obviously you know Dick Vermeil is one of them Andy Reid is one of them and Doug Peterson can join that list so there's a lot of history behind this there's a lot right. of cool things that could happen for that guy and I think that there's nobody that deserves it more um maybe Nick Sirianni I, I take that back uh, but you know <laughs> he's second he's definitely second Doug Peterson deserves this so if you know by some miracle of God uh knock on wood the Eagles <laughs> somehow don't make it right I, I would love to see that for for him so but you asked if they would blow them out or if it would be, I think it would be a close game. You know, you look at the Jaguars, you look at how they've won a lot of their games and it's been comebacks. I don't think that they're going to go out easily, but at the same time, I don't think that Andy Reed's going to let you come back down 17, down 10, down, you know, 27. I can't believe that. But so I really don't think that they're going to win, but I don't think it'll be, I think that it'll be a very comfortable lead for the, the chiefs for a little bit. Um, but I, I think that, they'll fight in the end um, and probably just come up just short, maybe like a seven, 10 point game, something like that. I, I, but I would love to see him win. I, I really would. Yeah. I mean, Duval's trending up, you know, the fact that they were three and 14 last year, you know, with, you know, arguably the worst coach in NFL history with urban Meyer, That's definitely nice. the worst coach in, in Jacksonville of all time, just to be able to turn them around and bring them to the playoffs, get that playoff win. 
Uh, like you said, sticking to the run and, you know, that fourth and inches, fourth and one, everyone thinks six, six Trevor Lawrence, he's going to plunge forward and freaking sweep, hand the ball to, to ETN and allow them to run the clock down. Um, you know, it was like a 20 yard run. It just, it blew my mind. I'm not going to lie to you. I was very surprised when they handed that ball off, but a brilliant play call. It, it really was. Right, and yeah. that just shows the the growth in Doug Peterson to be able to, to be like, all right, guys, you know, we had a rough half. You know, Trevor, four interceptions. We're going to keep running this ball down the middle. We're going to run sweeps. We're going to, you know, still act like this is the very beginning of the game in a lot of ways. They had a little bit more urgency as the game went on, but they didn't run hurry up the whole second half, uh, no. which I kind of I kind of thought maybe they would. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah, defense yeah. helped them a lot, too. Yeah, Staley gave them plenty of uh, opportunities to play their game by passing the ball because there were a lot of incomplete you know, throws, which stopped the clock. So, I mean, Staley yeah. definitely did him a lot of favors, but Peterson major props for, you know, sticking to the game plan. Aaron, do you see this being a blowout or do you agree with Joe? Is it going to be, you know, a closer game? I know you're, uh, you run a lot higher on the chiefs typically. Yeah. man. I just, if Trevor Lawrence gives the ball away even twice, I mean, I could see this being a blowout just because, um, you can't turn the ball over against those guys. It's going to be hard enough to slow down Kansas City. I mean, that offense they run, Mahomes, uh, obviously Kelsey. I mean, Juju looks like a number one on that team. Uh, it, it's just so much to keep up with. And not that the Jacksonville Jaguars have a bad defense. You know, it's really not. But spread set at nine, I think that's pretty appropriate. I mean, I, I just think the Jaguars, you know, like Joe alluded to, I, I could see him sticking in here and there or, or – you know, maybe the Chiefs lay off a little bit. They they start to come back, but then I mean, it just takes Mahomes to to put the hammer down and say, you know, enough is enough is enough, and and we're better than you, and we're gonna assert our dominance on you. I, I just think the Jaguars surprised a lot of people. I think this season, um, you know, like you said, coming off Urban Meyer, it can't get much worse. <laughs> but uh, Doug Peterson is that quarterback whisperer for a reason, and uh, he did his thing with with Lawrence there. And I, I give all the credit to Lawrence. He, he's definitely taking the adversity on the chin. Uh, people were calling him a bust and, and everything else. And he's definitely not that. But this team is just not ready to go into Arrowhead and, and go up against that gauntlet of a team. It's just too much. So I, I do see the Chiefs winning this. Uh, spreads at nine. I, I say they win by 12, uh, something like that, nine, nine to 12 points. Yeah, no, that's a very fair assessment. Um, we didn't even talk about Mahomes yet, and we're definitely going to get into that. But when it comes down to it, at the end of the day, you got a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You got a, you know, the head coach in Andy Reid. You're playing at home. You know, you're the number one seed. The weapons for Mahomes, it doesn't really matter. You know, quote unquote, who he has. He makes players into stars. You know, like Tyree Kill, who goes down to Miami, he has a phenomenal season. So Tyree Kill is a star, regardless. But you know, Juju had some eh, decent games in, in Pittsburgh, but nothing like he did, you know, and is doing with KC. And another thing is, you know, Tyreek Hill leaves and all of a sudden, you know, Kelsey's always been that guy. He's always been that guy for Mahomes. He has, they, in the playoffs, they have 11 touchdowns, which is third most in NFL history behind, you know, 12 Montana and Rice and Brady and Gronk have 15. So let's break that record here. Anything <laughs> with Brady and Gronk, Brady, especially, we want those records to fall, but Something really interesting that, you know, the Chiefs did this year is they turned the running backs into absolute weapons on the offensive uh, receiving side of the ball. You know, Jarek McKinnon, you know, he was a, a solid back in Minnesota, but, you know, you watch some of the the plays that he made um, this year and it's just like, wow, like this guy can ball out. 
uh, 100%. And I think he's extremely underrated. And I think he's going to take, you know, this national level uh, audience they're gonna, that they're going to have actually international, the international uh, level audience they're going to have being in this game. And I think McKinnon is going to ball out. I really do. I think he's going to have a solid game. Um, if I was going to have like a breakout player, you know, type thing, I would say that probably would be McKinnon. And I think, yeah, it's going to be dang near impossible to start stop Kelsey, but they, you know, they play, play him with double teams. You got McKinnon coming out of the backfield and we didn't see it as much, but Mahomes can still run the ball, man. I mean, yeah. you get him on a bootleg, you get him scrambling, like he can still run that ball. And I think you're going to see a lot more of that in this game, you know, if need be. Uh, what do you think? You think Mahomes is going to move around a lot? Do you think that Andy Reid's going to come out and just pound the ball? You know, because there's always that possibility he comes out and just decides to try to set the tone, running the ball more so than passing. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think this is a Mahomes game. I think you know, I I think Mahomes. So there was a, a stat I saw that Mahomes was born in '95, and um, the Jaguars were created in '95, <laughs> and they both have the same amount. Or I think Mahomes might have more. Uh, playoff wins than the Jaguars yeah. <laughs> entirely. So, hey, you know, I think this is a Mahomes game. I think that he's going to go out there and be like, oh, yeah, I think these guys are, are cute. This is cute with, you know, Trevor Lawrence is doing. Well, let me show you what I can do. Um, uh, Yeah, I, I don't think, yeah, I think this is a Mahomes game. I think, you know, no no training wheels. Like you guys said, he's he's been there before. He's a pro. He knows what he needs to do. Um, I think Andy's going to just kind of give him his ball and say, go ball. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's all on Mahomes. I, I, I don't see anybody else really. You know what I'm saying? I don't see this becoming like a defensive game. I see Mahomes going out there and winning the first round of the playoffs and and getting ready for his, you know, getting ready for the championship. That's what I see. Yeah, getting ready to uh, receive that MVP trophy more than likely at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Kind of show why he's why he's that MVP. Um, exactly. The stat you mentioned, yeah, I, I actually have it here. Um, in 28 NFL seasons, the Jaguars have an eight and seven record in the playoffs with 20 passing TDs and 3,000 passing yards. In six seasons, Mahomes has an eight and three record, 28 passing TDs, and almost 3,400 passing yards. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, history is definitely not on the side of the, dra- the Jaguars. Now, Lawrence is the best quarterback in Jaguars history so far, okay. but you know he's just not ready. Sorry, young buck. The next five years, you very well could be competing for an AFC championship, but this is not the season for you, my guy. Um, yeah. But I did want to ask Mark Brunel, man. You know, Mark Brunel was good but with the Jaguars. Mark Brunel was pretty good. David, but, David, yeah, no, David I'm just <laughs> I was, I was going to say, I mean, uh, Mark Brunel was solid, but you look at the upside of Lawrence. It's just yeah. like it's, it's through the roof. And and they're playing on Sunday on top of that. If they're playing on Saturday, Trevor Lawrence never lost on a Saturday. You know, that would probably take, take the spread down a bit, but they're, they're playing on a Sunday. So, yeah, do you see, uh, Aaron, do you see them coming out and running the ball? Or do you agree with uh, Joe here that they're just going to be pass happy or they're just going to tell Mahomes, you know, you do what you, you know, you do you boo type thing? <laughs> yeah, I, I got to side with, uh, with my guy Joe here. Uh, I, I just feel like it's just too much, man. You to defend everybody. I mean, Kelsey by himself is, you know, basically two tight ends. Uh, so it's just, <laughs> it's just going to be too much. I think the chiefs come out firing. Uh, they put them all in the chamber and just let them fly. I think they want to set the tone. I, w- I think Jacksonville obviously having to play last week and the chiefs coming off that buy is, is something I think that's overlooked a little bit. Um, and like you said, Arrowhead is, is one of the hardest places to play. Uh, they say like that, that Richter scale or whatever it might be that the volume <laughs> in that place is just, it's, it's like a Philadelphia type of environment where it's just insanely loud. You know, Trevor Lawrence has played in some of the co- biggest college football stadiums there are. 
So I'm sure that's not going to rattle him per se, but just the speed of the NFL. I mean, you saw him against in the chargers in that first half, he, he looked all out of sorts. I think they're going to want to, you know, do the same thing to him here. Uh, the, the chiefs defense has gotten a lot better over the last couple of seasons as well. They used to be, you know, you, the way you would beat them is you would just have to outscore them. Uh, now it's like their defense can make plays. Their defense can slow you down as well. So I, I think they're just going to come out a foot on the accelerator and like, uh, like Joe said, I mean, Andy Reid was so, so past happy in Philadelphia. Um, he has the golden boy in Mahomes to do it. So I, I think he's going to want to just come out firing and uh, just a little a side piece there. I mean, no, I don't think anybody remembers David Gerard, David Garrard on the Jags. <laughs> yeah, I remember David Garrard. Not a bad. I, I liked him on Madden. I'm not going to lie. He had a little speed on him. <laughs> a McNabb type uh, quarterback. Uh, you know, no, nobody like remembers that guy, I feel like. But uh, yeah. Uh, Mark Brunel, Gerard, and then I think obviously they're Blake Bortles, baby. <laughs> Blake Bortles, wasn't Byron yeah. Leftwich? Byron Leftwich, yeah, he Byron. Played <laughs> they had some solid quarterbacks, but but not guys that were able to take them to the big one. You know, when they lost that game yeah. in the AFC Championship, it was because of their defense. They the defense got them there. You know, it yeah, definitely elite. wasn't the the offensive side of the ball that that was shining all year to to put them in that position. <laughs> so, um, I do want to move on here because we're we're running a bit short on time, but. This is the game, aside from the Eagles game, this game here that I want to talk about, the Bengals and the Bills. I am pumped for this. I mean, the Eagles game is, is above there, you know, obviously <laughs> being an Eagles fan, but not not far below is the Bengals and the Bills. You know, a Week 17, you know, rematch, obviously, you know, with the DeMar Hamlin tragedy, praise God that he's doing well and he's on the up and up. But you got uh, Joe Burrow coming in on a nine-game win streak. You got Josh Allen on an eight-game win streak. You know, obviously, both of these guys, you know, Burrow has Super Bowl experience. He's been there. Allen has been right on the cusp. The The firepower coming into this game is just absolutely off the charts. Do you guys think from from that standpoint, from one QB versus another QB, is this the best matchup in the playoffs so far? Oh, uh, yeah. As a, from a QB standpoint, I definitely – I mean, I think it's the best, like, you know – how do I put this? Because I, I honestly like the Jalen Hurts versus Daniel Jones. I think there's a lot of similarities in their game. And and I'm not saying that Daniel Jones is as good as Jalen Hurts. Obviously, we can look at the year and the numbers and know that that's not the case. <laughs> but you look at both of them, and they both get the label as run, running quarterbacks. So I kind of like that dynamic that a running quarterback is going to be in your NFC championship. Um, but as far as just pure quarterback skill you have to say this you know maybe in the future trevor lawrence is up there and you're talking about him like you are right now even about joey b and and josh allen but yeah i think between these two quarterbacks you know it's going to be very very interesting um to see who does come out of this because i really do believe that if either the bills can go out there and dominate this Bengals team I, I have them as my favorites to make the Super Bowl. If the, the Bengals are able to go out there and pull out another game, I'm sorry, there's not much stopping Joey B sometimes. Like, And, and it <laughs> right. might just be he's that type of playoff guy. So, you know, in my opinion, I think that the Super Bowl team may come from that game. So I, I do think that it's probably the best matchup um, team for team, quarterback for quarterback, um, maybe even head coach for head coach. I think those two have done a lot. Uh, with the, those teams. I mean, you look five, six, seven years ago, not too long ago, both those teams were terrible, right? I mean, yeah. the, the Bengals are coming off of like the longest streak of making the playoffs and leaving in the first round. 
the Bills, they were slamming themselves through tables every game. I mean, so it wasn't, you know, they got into terrible situations and were able to turn them around. So everything surrounding that game, I think it's a beautiful game. And like you said, you know, even the unfortunate circumstances that tie them two together, uh, I think it'll be a beautiful thing. I, you know, I, I'm sure they're going to be able to do something for tomorrow out there. And I'm sure things will be done to, to, you know, shout them out and show love. So I think it's going to be a beautiful game. I, everybody wanted to see the it replayed and, or whatever it may be. Um, and now you get that opportunity. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited for this one. This is definitely going to be a fun one. Yeah, I'm, I'm pumped about the matchup. That I'm really glad that, that they did not replay the first game, that they suspended it as they should have. I thought that yeah. was definitely the right decision. So respect to the NFL and Roger Goodell for not, uh, for better lack of words, for not fucking that one up. So respect. For once. Respect for there. Once. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, we saw Joey B down, uh, come down to earth, though, last week on the, on the show on Monday. Uh, our buddy Roach said, Joey B is human. He's not an alien. Like, you know, he had a game where he didn't make any major mistakes, but he didn't go off like crazy. Now, yes, it's a division game. You know, we just talked about, you know, the third time um, isn't always the charm. I think he has a rebound game here in Buffalo. I was actually surprised at the spread. Buffalo is favored by five and a half at the, you know, as it stands right now. I, I think it, they should have been, if, you know, favored at all favored by only three points and reason being i know they're playing at home but you know cincinnati they know what it's like to play in the cold that's not going to bother them joe burrow you know that he's not going to be worried whatsoever but i think the real reason that i think that the bengals will probably pull this game out honestly is josh allen's turnovers he just cannot seem to get out of that funk i mean last week we saw it you know they almost lost the dolphins and it sure as hell you know sure as heck wasn't because the dolphins were the better football team it's just all those turnovers you know, the, the fumble that the Dolphins didn't recover. You know, you had the, the punt return that was fumbled that the Dolphins also didn't recover. You know, if one of those bounces the, the, the Dolphins way, we're looking at, you know, the Dolphins here, you know, at this point yeah. in time. So will Josh Allen have that type of game? You know, do you see him coming out and, and having a few turnovers or do you see him being a little bit less reckless with the ball? You know, when he's on and when he makes some of those throws, then he completes them. It's one of the most exciting things of football. You know, you're in my opinion, you got – Pat Mahomes, Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, you know, Joe Burrow, those four guys are the most exciting quarterbacks to watch. But, you know, with great risk comes, you know, sometimes great loss as well. So do you see Allen being a little more responsible with the football after nearly blowing it last week? Or do you see him just going out and being Josh Allen and hoping that the the turnovers aren't there? I think it's a little bit of both. I mean, you can't handcuff your quarterback too, too much. But, you know, I, I did just give all these flowers to that coaching staff. And I think that coaching staff, will, you know, kind of rein him in a little bit, maybe get him comfortable early in the game with some easy throws and stuff like that. But when it comes down to it, you got to just kind of let your, your best players play. You're going to live and die by your best players. That's that's really what it comes down to. Like I said, I think they'll start him off a little slow. Just make sure he's got confidence uh, and maybe lean on the running game a little bit. See if you can't crack Cincinnati like that. Um, but I think, you know, after a couple series, it's like, all right, Time to take over, Josh. Like, yeah, yeah, this is this is what we pay you the big bucks for. This is why you are a top five guy. You know, you got to just kind of brush it off your shoulder and uh, go out there and play ball next week. So I think that they'll just let him go out there and, and you know, have fun with it. And uh, I think it's more on the coaching staff to put him in better in good situations to not have to turn the ball over. So I think that the coaching staff will probably put it more on their plate than saying, you know, Josh, just 
don't throw it here. Be careful. Just take the sack. You know, right. I think they'll just be like, we're going to call different plays uh, until we see that you're fully confident or we need, you know, you to make a crazy play. So that, that's how I would at least uh, attack it, you know, because he is one of your best players, if not your best player on your team. So you got to right. utilize him. You got to utilize him to his full potential. So who wins? If you were going to bet on it, uh, where would you put your money? I'll go Bengals, to be honest. I yes, just sir. I don't know what it is about Joey. Yes, I, maybe sir. it's because he got the, my same first name. That's what it is, probably. <laughs> uh, but no, I I just I just like the kid. I and I I honestly don't want to play the uh, Bills. I'm gonna be real with you too. That's kind of <laughs> part of it. I don't. Gotcha. I think if the Bills are in the Super Bowl, I think they match up a little bit too well with us. Um, yeah. I, I think we. You know, I think we're very good on both sides, and I think the Bills are as well. I think you can look at a lot of teams and kind of look like the Chiefs, they're good on defense, but they're not as good as we are. Like, and I think that the Bills are probably just as good as we are on both sides of the ball. That's the only team I really don't want to play this, <laughs> this playoffs. So I'll be around. Don't want to see them in the Super Bowl. Hey, man, you were brutal and you were honest, which we appreciate here on, on this show, right on right on par with our brand. And so, Aaron, who do you, what do you think, man? Or who are you taking? You taking Joey B, Joe Shiesty? You know, I know you like to throw around all his nicknames. Or are you going with, with big arm Josh Allen and uh, the Buffalo Bills at home? Man, it, it just feels like that Bills team is like, it, it's almost like a throwback to the 90s when they were they went over four in Super Bowls. They're knocking on this door every year. But now it's like Josh Allen is is – I mean, I'm not gonna, I don't know what to make this comparison, but when I watch him, it reminds me of like a, a more talented, a, a, even a bigger arm, Brett Favre. He's just, he's gunning it at every, you know, at every chance he has. He, he's just trying to fit the ball in between three people. He's, and Joe Burrow's the exact opposite of that. Joe Burrow will take what they, what uh, is given to him. He'll play calm, cool, and collected. I mean, he's Joe Shiesty for a reason, Joe Cool, Joe Burr, you know what I mean? But, yeah, man, I, I I think I'm on board with you guys. I mean, it's Cincinnati's the underdog. It's a uh you know, Buffalo's eight and one at home this year, including the playoffs. So that's that's hard to go up against. It's the whole DeMar thing. I mean, if if they do make it to the Super Bowl, I think that plays a part in this just from a, a psychological standpoint. But man, Joe Joe Burrow is just he is so calm, cool, and collected. And if the Bills can get to Joe Burrow. And that offensive line is, is, is better. It's gotten a lot better. Um, but now it's banged up again. Three starters down and the coach confirmed it's a makeshift. That. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's a makeshift offensive line right now. So if I'm the bills, I'm completely trying to put Burrow on his ass as many times as possible, especially <laughs> early on. I think that's a, the recipe for success. If he has time to throw, um, I think Cincinnati wins this game. If he doesn't, uh, it's it might be a, a big day for the Bills, so I'm so split on this one. It's definitely an exciting matchup, but I I don't I just don't trust Buffalo. I, I wish I kind of did, but I I don't trust them to rise to the occasion here. No, that's fair enough. I, I see what you're saying. I think it'll come down to setting the tone early. I agree. I, I really feel bad for Burrow and the Bengals because you know they had that line perfectly healthy almost all season, and then the last three games they they lose one of their guys and. Ultimately, they probably lost the Super Bowl because Burrow didn't have a line to to throw behind. Honestly, exactly. so you know if the if the Bills do win, I believe it's because they're getting a Burrow, they're sacking them, putting them to the ground. Maybe a, a forced fumble or even two. Um, the Bills get up, then Burrow is going to have to throw the ball. But he has so many weapons. You know, he can get that ball out quick to Chase. You know, T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, even you know mixing out of the backfield. I've talked about how much I like him. I think he's underrated. So. 
I, I don't have any doubts that Zach Taylor is going to have a good scheme set up offensively and that they're going to come out and they're going to ball out. And I'm looking to have a really good game. Or I'm sorry, I'm looking for both teams to have a really good game. And just regardless of what happens, I'm excited excited for the outcome of that one. No, I say, yeah, that's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> the 49ers Cowboys, uh, we know they have a lot of history back in the 90s. And uh, they're they're facing off again this this weekend for the first time. And I'm not sure when their last playoff matchup was, but it's been a bit. What do you guys think about this game? Uh, do you see Dak Prescott coming out and playing the way he did against Tampa? Or do we go back to that up and down uh, Dak Prescott? So uh, Aaron and I did record a session with my cousin, Matt, who's a diehard fan. So we're going to we're going to run that for you guys as well. And, you know, definitely want to hear your guys's input on that. But real quick, uh, Joe, what do you what do you think about about this game? Look, I think that a lot of answers are going to be quite a lot of questions are going to be answered come Sunday, right? I, one, I love that it's on Sunday because the Eagles can win their game and then sit back and point fingers at whoever loses. But I also like that, you know, I think that we're going to find out if Brock Purdy's really what they are advertising him to be, right? He's been out yeah. there playing pretty well, but he hasn't played a defense nowhere near as good as what the Dallas Cowboys can be. Now that I said can be because the Dallas Cowboys, <laughs> you look at the last three weeks and we've seen three different teams. It feels like, so who are we going to get from Dallas? So it, it'll answer the question. Are Is Dallas real? Is this really what they're going to come out here and do and just, you know, they finally are going to put everything together, play four quarters of football, or is Brock Purdy real? Is this San Francisco 49ers defense finally found its, you know, its complement, right? You, you want to play complementary football. And I think the 49ers have been missing that offensive complement for the better part of the past decade, if we're being honest. So, I mean, it, it's going to answer questions. I want to see the four. I don't even know who I want to see to win. Honestly, <laughs> I, I want to play the Cowboys because I hate them. I yeah. want to see the 49ers beat them because I don't want to see the Cowboys win. So <laughs> I, I would love to see the Cowboys and the 49ers. And I said this off air. I'm going to reuse the joke because I like it. I, I would love to see this game come down to four extra points <laughs> in a row. That's what I want. I want it to be four extra points in a row, like a soccer style shootout. That's how I want the game to end. But um, yeah, I, I have no dog in this race because 49er fans are annoying as heck too. So um. <laughs> If I had to go with my gut, I do think that the Dallas Cowboys win because I know what they are more so than a, a 49ers. But it's going to be a good game. I think it'll be a great game. You know, I I think it'll be down to the wire, you know, seven point game at the most, realistically. I'd love to see both of your points made. I'd love to see the Cowboys not being what they are and Brock Purdy not being as advertised because then I'm feeling a lot better against, uh, you know, about the NFC championship game. You know, either way, I think we match up well, but uh, Nick Bosa, Micah Parsons, I think one of those guys could be ultimately what makes the difference, you know, a strip sack or just get, you know, having to get double teamed, which allows, you know, one of the other guys to hit home, you know, they got a lot of guys on that, that line and in San Francisco that can put in work. So Real quick here, uh, do you think Nick Bosa's uh, defensive player of the year? You think he should have it? I would have to look at every single number. Um, I actually, it's it's funny. I had Sam Munson I, from PFF. He he's one of the co-founders of, of PFF, and PFF didn't have Hassan Reddick on their list, right? Right. Uh, for all pros, at least. So I asked him, and his explanation. And Sam is my guy. I love Sam Munson. Uh, you know, he, he's always coming on whenever I disagree with anything. And that's a lot. So uh, <laughs> look, you know, he said that he didn't feel Hassan Reddick was as good in run defense as 
these other guys were. So, you know, Nick Bosa being one of these other guys. You know, I would have to really sit down and look at the numbers. I, maybe I'm biased, but I think what what Hassan Reddick was able to do this year, I'm sorry. I, I'm giving it to Hassan Reddick. I, I think between the sacks, between the forced fumbles, between the sacks created for others, which he led the league in as well, there's things that Hassan Reddick has done with this team that made the whole team great. You don't see the rest of the 49ers defensive line getting 10, 8 sacks at you know right. different uh, positions. Just everybody is better because of Hassan Reddick. So it, I know it's probably a little bit biased, but I think Hassan Reddick deserved it. But Nick Bosa deserves it as well. I know he put up, you know, very good sack numbers, and apparently he's better in the run. I'm going I'm to sound like a hater. We're brutally honest, right? <laughs> I, look, I, 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 I think that it. Hassan Reddick deserved it. I'm giving it to Hassan. I don't care. You make a great point there. You know, the Eagles having four guys – you know, 10 plus sacks, which is an NFL record. And then like, you know, you said earlier, you know, we're making a run at the, at the bears record overall. So I think, you know, dark horse candidate Hassan Reddick could hit it. You know, I mean, when I, I didn't realize how many sacks he had and then it's what he finished with what, like 17 sacks or something yeah, like that. Is that crazy like that. Yeah. Right. And I mean, crazy. I think Bosa has what 18.5 or something. So, I mean, I could see um, where you definitely make a good case for Hassan Reddick. Um, I think the fact that, you know, he hasn't really been mentioned the entire time, probably takes his his chances down. But let's put it this way, man. If after the season he has this way, if he comes out on balls like he did next season, you know, we're going to hear his name being thrown around the whole season for, for you know, defensive player of the year. So I definitely like your point as you were talking about it, you know, in the back of my mind, I was like, yeah, I've been thinking the same thing. Like Reddick hasn't been mentioned, but he has the stats, you know, to kind of to kind of rock with that. So what do you think, Aaron? Uh I know you and I already talked about the Niners and, and Cowboys on the section with Matt, so we don't have to get into that. But as far as defensive player of the year goes, are we seeing him in this game uh, with the Niners plan? Yeah, I, I think Bosa is just like no, nothing to take away from Hassan Reddick. I mean, if it was up to me, I'd vote him in just because, you know, the bias <laughs> and being involved there. But he's just like a one-man wrecking crew, man. Like um, maybe these other guys aren't getting home as much just because he is. Like he is just an absolute monster. Nothing to take away from his brother, but his brother just wants to be him, I'm sure, uh, just because he's <laughs> he's far and above better than than his brother is. And I don't know, man. Like, he he makes that defense so much better, in my opinion. Like, if he wasn't in there, it would be far less scary to go up against him. Uh, you know, we, we touched on on the matchup, but I still – I'll reiterate this. I, I think I'd still rather go up against Dallas than uh, San Fran on, on a – when they're firing at all cylinders – not to take anything away from Dallas, they're they're right there when they are as well. But man, like that defense when when it's when it's running around and I mean they're a physical physical defense this year. I gotta give it to Bosa. He's just basically unstoppable. He reminds me of T.J. Watt last year, obviously winning that award. So it'll it'll be interesting. Uh, I I think Micah Parsons you can make a case for, but it kind of fell apart a little bit down the stretch for him. I agree with you, Aaron. I think, you know, Bosa definitely gets it this year, but we'll see. We'll see, you know, as long as it's not Micah Parsons. I mean, he's a hell of a player and he, you know, he grew up in uh, about four hours from us here in Pennsylvania. So, uh, you know, hometown, he went to Penn State and he went to Penn State, right? Yeah, he went to yep. Penn State and he wanted to be a cowboy. I'll never understand. I'm sorry. I, yeah, yeah. That's right. a whole, I, I could go a whole hour <laughs> on just the, he's the a, anger he gave me and, you know? and he's a huge he's a huge philadelphia phillies fan because he was at those playoff yeah. games yeah so it don't make no make sense, sense make sense of that, of that yeah that didn't that come on man well i mean i'm a new york yankees fan of baseball and an eagles fan of football so you know 
I am too. You know, I, makes I guess sense. I shouldn't. I shouldn't act like I'm so surprised. But no, that's that's <laughs> different. I mean, like I get the New York thing that you guys don't like us in baseball and stuff. But I never hated the Phillies. I think you guys, nobody likes the Yankees. So I never really took it as like a <laughs> personal, you know, Phillies hate the Yankees. Everybody hates us. But like the Cowboys, the cow, that's like literally like, don't get me wrong. Philly is a, a sports city at the core of it. Don't get me wrong. But it is a football city. Like football runs that city. I'm sorry. You can't, you can't, I, I just can't get it. But hey, God bless him, man. He got it. <laughs> you know? Anyways, right? <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. So, all right, man. Hey, Joe, I know, uh, you know, we're running out of time here, you know, both Aaron and I really appreciate you coming on the podcast here, man. So how can our, our listeners get a hold of you on Twitter? Uh, is that the best way to reach you? You know, how can they, they listen to your show? Definitely, man. No, yeah. I, first of all, I appreciate you guys uh, shooting out the invitation, man. This was a lot of fun. I love talking ball. Um, yeah, you can hit me up on Twitter at Philly Philly TP. Uh, my show is called Philly Philly, the podcast. And um, yeah, yeah, I mean, definitely, man. And look up my com- my other company that I work for, Fanfield. Like I said, co-founded by Michael Vick. We got a bunch of stuff coming out soon. So definitely, you can find me anywhere. Look up Joe Castro. Look up Eagles. You'll probably see my beautiful mug somewhere. Uh, <laughs> no, like I said, I, I really do appreciate this, you guys. And um, I know you guys are kind of rebranding, doing everything. And I said this before, you know, but I, the Eagles community of content creators is, is a very open community. So uh, we're, we're here for you guys, open arms. If you guys ever need anything, uh, don't be afraid to shout out because uh, we got you, man. It's a beautiful community that we got here. So uh, we welcome you guys in with open arms. We love it. Yeah. I mean, greatly appreciate it. We will definitely be taking, taking you guys up on that. You know, that's our goal. Get 1% better each time as Sirianni said, and you know, we'll keep, <laughs> Keep going the up and up, man. The goal is to eventually be, you know, having Philadelphia players on the show or, you know, and stuff like that. So, yeah, again, thank you so much. I guess we're going to end this segment here. And, Aaron, did you have anything final to say to Joe real quick? Yeah, of course, man. Thanks thanks for coming on. Uh, I see you doing great things. I, I've checked out some of your content. Big fan already. So uh, just keep doing what you're doing, man. Keep bringing that passion um, to, obviously, the Philadelphia sports fans in particular. But, yeah, much appreciated to, to come on with us and you know you're welcome it goes both ways man you're welcome anytime uh, i'm sure i'm sure you could answer more questions than we can answer for you but um you know if you ever <laughs> if you ever want to chat back and forth you know we're always down for it that's that's for sure yes sir go birds go birds yes sir go, go birds. birds go birds all right y'all um joe you have a great rest of your night man thank you so much again for coming on and uh we'll roll into the dallas Cal- only because he's related to me and my cousin we decided to bring on a Dallas Cowboys fan. Aaron, what are you thinking right now before we even introduce him? It's making me nervous. Hopefully this this is not a violent show or, you know, no no one gets hurt in the process of, of making this show. Well, I mean, you're on the other end of the Zoom call, so you can't, you know, <laughs> throw anything at him. But uh, anyway, yeah, this is my cousin, Matt. How's it going tonight, man? I'm doing well. Yourself? Doing pretty well, man. Always happy to record here. So a couple questions first. You know, we live both in Pennsylvania, and obviously Texas is a very long drive away. How in the actual hell did you become a Dallas Cowboys fan? Well, when I was young, um, first of all, my mom is an Eagles fan. My dad's a Redskins fan. (laughs) Are we going to get canceled for saying Redskins? (laughs) Good chance. (laughs) <laughs> well so i didn't know who to choose and so i looked up to my uncle or my older cousin paul and he was a cowboys fan so it's kind of where i went 
I went Dallas. Man, so <laughs> you went the farthest away from the other NFC East teams. Why the hell is Dallas even in the NFC East? It's like, you know, New York, Pennsylvania, and oh, by the way, here's Texas, like in the Mid-Southwest, you know, it is what it is. Though. Right. Yeah, like the Washington's Washington's pretty close to Philly. Like, I mean, obviously it's in, it's even in Maryland was where they play. Right. And then it's Maryland, PA, New York, and then Dallas. You know, Which New it's York like... is in Jer- New York is in Jersey. So what we're actually saying here is half the NFC East is a lie. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Anyway, anyway, but uh, yeah, we just wanted to get into um, the Cowboys game this last Monday with an actual Cowboys fan and get the perspective, and then do a little bit of uh, previewing of the Cowboys Niners game from from your standpoint, Matt. Um, because Aaron and I are, are more excited about the other game, um, obviously. So what are you thinking? You know, you go into that game Monday night. The Cowboys are favored by about three points. But on the other side is Tom Brady in that horrible ship, as Aaron always says, in Tampa. When that game kicked off, how were you feeling? Well, first of all, it was a Monday night game, which I wasn't too thrilled about. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. Um... <laughs> it's just how much I care. <laughs> That gives us one or two less days over 49ers to rest, but that's, you know, for a little bit later. But no, the way we started out that game was piss poor, man. Two, three and outs. I was like, oh, here we go again. Washington week two, you know, but uh, they came out firing that third drive. I was just waiting for the shooter drop in all honesty. Yeah, he texted me at like <laughs> the Cowboys are up by a buttload. And I'm like texting, I'm like, you know, you, you know, you guys are looking pretty good. And he's like, I'm just waiting for the shoe to drop. It's Tom Brady. And I'm like, yep. <laughs> yep. I'm like, no, nah, there, there's no way. But Brett Maher, Money Maher, Mr. 50 for 53 on PATs during the regular season comes out. He misses the first one. What are your thoughts after he misses the first one? Because, I mean, that's not too irregular. But what did you think after that? Well, I mean, once the uh, NFL moved it back from the two to the fifteen yard line, it's not a it's not a chip shot. Well, I mean, it's still a chip shot, but it's not a automatic point anymore. Yeah. So, I mean, it happens. I wasn't too too worried about it at that point. And then the second touchdown. <laughs> Yikes! Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I was not was not expecting him to miss two in a row. So, I mean, at that point, it's 12 nothing. Um, how are you feeling about, about the Cowboys? You're like, all right, crap, we missed two extra points, but are you still feeling pretty good? I mean, I was just happy that they were touchdowns instead of, <laughs> instead of field goals. You know, missed field goals probably at that point. <laughs> oh, guaranteed. But, uh, guaranteed. Although he's usually money from 50-plus, so there's that at least. <laughs> right. <yeah>. Um, <laughs> I was – Still excited to be up twelve nothing. Although, like like we said, I was waiting for the the defense to stop holding Tom Brady back, but luckily that didn't happen until garbage time. I think that uh that our offense stayed on their throats, um, which we haven't really done much this season, other than the uh, the Vikings game. This was probably <laughs> our closest to complete game. Yeah, Dak played incredibly in our last show um we did drop a show earlier this week what was i think it was on tuesday we were just singing dax praises which as eagles fans is not something that we have ever done on the show that i'm aware of at least but the guy look looked like straight fire and we were saying about that's how dangerous the cowboys can be when they're firing in all cylinders but 
you know, so he misses the third extra point then after the touchdown. You know, you guys go up, misses the fourth extra point. You're up 24 nothing At that point, it's like, all right, like this doesn't ultimately matter. But what are your thoughts moving forward for these, ne- you know, this next game? And if they move on to the NFC Championship game, uh, the Cowboys signed a uh, kicker to the practice squad. Do you think Meyer still stays the kicker or do you th- think um, that they switch out? I do. I think he stays the kicker. Um, there was a similar situation back in Green Bay, what, five or plus years ago. Yeah. where uh, Mason Crosby missed a few um, field goals in the game, and they kind of did the same thing, brought in, you know, a kicker, but never replaced Crosby. So I'm not too worried about it. Everybody has an off day. I mean, speaking of all days, look at Tom Brady. <laughs> What's more of a surprise, Maher missing four extra points or Brady laying an egg? I think Maher missing four extra points because that's an NFL record. Brady's laid an egg uh, a few times in his career. You know, on the show, Monday's show, Roach and, and Aaron were so gung-ho about the fact that Brady was going to win that game. And it's like, I saw their points, but something in me was like, nah, like the Cowboys are going to come out. They just have too much talent. I think Brady's a bit washed up. You know, they're exhausted. Um, you know, they're eight and, what, eight and nine going into the playoffs, which is absolutely pathetic. That team's <laughs> anemic. And yeah, sure, you have the GOAT, but when it comes down to it, I, I just I didn't think they, they were going to have nearly enough gas to keep up with Dallas as long as those two things happened. Dak played clean and Micah Parsons in the line got to Brady, which both things happened. So how did you feel about the defensive effort? I felt really good. I mean, I I, I want to make a point about um, in that show, I believe on Monday, you talked about how we're not getting sacks anymore and what happened to the defense. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, yes, we're not getting sacks. The pressures are still there, though. I mean, we're still affecting the quarterback, their decisions, even though it's not resulting in the sack numbers. Yeah, that's fair, most definitely. I haven't watched enough Cowboys games to know that. I just look at the stat sheet and see that there's not sacks and, and you know, automatically think, okay, what's going on? So that's fair. You know, <laughs> uh, pressure that forces an incomplete pass or even better, an interception is is just – is solid as getting a sack, especially if you get a pick off of it, that's even better. So fair enough. Fair enough. We'll give you, give you that one. So Aaron, did you have any other questions for him about that game? Uh, I will ask you this, man, being, being the Cowboys fan, did you see anything at all? I mean, you know, you could say the Cowboys won this game. You could say the Bucks lost this game. You know, there's that whole like back and forth, but did you see anything at all from the Cowboys that you, are concerned about other than the kicking. I mean, this was pretty much a domination, but do you, do you give them a good chance going into, I mean, San Fran is just loaded on both sides of the ball. Not not to say you guys aren't, um, but do you think you stack up well, or do you think it's going to be like quite a challenge to go into the uh, Levi stadium and uh, come out with a win? No, I think, I think we stack up well. I mean, we have the offensive power. We have the defensive power. I think it comes down to the trench play. Um, which I know most games do. If if our offensive line, who you know Jason Peters got banged up, but if if they can hold back Bosa, yeah. you know, to maybe even just one sack, <laughs> I think a, I'd be. I think that's a win. It one sack and no forced uh, turnovers, and that's a dub for for a team against Bosa. That guy's a freak, bro. I, I still go back to uh, the first two drives. If if we're gonna start slow, and I think that puts us in a hole and. It's not the way to play against San Fran. You know, you got to go shot for shot with them. I, I feel like it's going to be a shootout um, just because the offensive power on both sides 
in my opinion, it's probably going to be a higher scoring game. Yeah, so I mean, San Fran, number one total defense, uh, number one in interceptions, a very opportunistic defense. You know, Dak played damn near flawless against Tampa Bay. How do you see him stepping up and playing against this San Francisco defense? Do you still see him coming in with that kind of fire and playing really well, or does he kind of revert back to the two pick, four touch, or two pick, three touchdown type Dak that we've seen off and on? See, those picks aren't his characteristic um, self. I mean, you look back to previous seasons, he doesn't have the the interception numbers that he has this year. Yeah. Um, so I think, it, in all honesty, I think it comes down to their line. If they hold up, Dak makes good decisions. He makes good throws. Um, that's how I see it. But when you talk about their defense and their turnovers, Dallas led the league two consecutive years in takeaways. So I think we can get to Brock Purdy and make him, you know, throw us at least one interception. Yeah, Aaron, you uh, you mentioned uh, big enter the blank or fill in the blank. Uh, <laughs> Brock, <laughs> um, is this the game that we see Brock Purdy come down to earth? <laughs> I mean, they had the perfect, um, you know, opponent last week with, with the Seahawks. Do you think that, against Michael Parsons and, and the Dallas Cowboys that he kind of comes down to earth that he shows his rookie colors, or do you think he, he still rolls in there with the confidence? It's tough, man. This is a, this is a tough one to call. I think on, on paper, I could definitely see, you know, the points that were, were being made about, I mean, Dallas's defense is no, no joke. Uh, Dan Quinn is one of the best defensive coordinators in the league, in my opinion. Um, and I, I think they'll scheme up, some things to make Brock Purdy confused out there. Um, I, I just think there's no way this kid can continue to just dominate. Like he's going to have a game where he's like, you saw it in that first half of the Seattle game. He looked uh, relatively pedestrian. I could see Dallas. I mean, giving him some trouble. It It's really like the point that was being made already is uh, like that pass rush, man. Like if you can knock Purdy down a good bit, amount of times early in the game, like if you can bring Parsons in, it's just going to be tough because San Fran has one of the best lines in the game as well. It's going to be tough to get to him, but you're going to have to like scheme things up. I think it's more so like a schematic thing that's going to work for, for the, the Cowboys, not so much like, all right, we're just going to beat you one-on-one. Like you're going to have to bring in a ton of different defensive stunts and things to make it happen. But I think they definitely could get a turnover from him, uh, maybe two. I think you could see him struggle at times in this game. Uh, will he do enough? I really don't know, man. Like, uh, no offense to the to the Cowboys, but their uh, playoff track record is not not the ideal best uh, in recent memory. So, uh, if if I'm going with my gut feeling, I say the 49ers find a way to score enough points. But I do think Purdy doesn't play as good as he did against Seattle as he does against Dallas. I think, honestly, you know, Matt said he thinks this game is going to be a shootout. Um, and I might turn out to be completely wrong. I see this game more as like a, a mid to low scoring affair. Like I could see this coming down to like a Maher missed field goal or uh, not. <laughs> but, you know, I like a field goal, kind of like a 24-21 type score. You know, maybe even something like 21-17. Because if Dak takes care of the football, because that's where San Francisco gets a lot of their points. You get the football on opponent's territory by forcing, you know, an interception or a fumble recovery or something like that makes it a lot easier for Purdy. And 
I mean, he just has so many weapons. So, I mean, Matt, who are you most afraid of? McCaffrey, IU, Debo Samuel. If you were, if you were going to take one of those guys and say, I don't want this guy on the field, who would it be and why? That's a tough one. <laughs> Putting you in the spot. <laughs> yeah. Um, before they got McCaffrey, I think I'd hands down say Debo Samuel. Yeah. I like McCaffrey just because he he can catch the ball as well. It's not just like one dimension you got to worry about with him. Yeah, he's a phenomenal wide. He could be a wide receiver flat out. The man's an incredible athlete, mm-hmm. and, and that's what I think. Um, I know we play a lot of three safety sets and stuff, um, so we'll have, probably have a safety on him. But still makes me nervous. I mean, him against you know a safety or possibly a linebacker. Unless it's LVE, you know, he's got some <laughs> some good uh, coverage skills. I know Aaron was kind of saying about how great he played last week. Oh, yeah. But, yeah he's uh, a stud. He's definitely a stud. Yeah, as long as he stays healthy. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mention this guy, but if I'm the Cowboys, I'm going to be leery of George Kittle, honestly, because when it comes down to it, you know, they can have those check downs to McCaffrey. The Cowboys take that away. You know, they watch out for the gadget, play with Debo. They make sure nobody goes over the top with Ayuk. When it comes down to it, though, Kittle and Purdy have a sweet connection. Like, they're just on point every single time. So it's like, do you have enough playmakers on defense to stop all four guys? So if I'm the 49ers, like, obviously, yeah, like, you know, McCaffrey, you want to take care of him. But I don't know, man. Like, I like my tight ends. And just seeing the way that they've played the last couple of weeks just makes me think that this honestly could come down to how well can they cover Kittle? Because I think they can take care of Ayuk. I don't doubt that. Dallas's young corners are playing pretty solid. I mean, I think McCaffrey is going to get a score. But, you know, Parsons is fast. You know, that linebacking core is solid enough to to take him out on the run on the, you know, I believe on like the short passes. But, you know, can you stop all four guys all game? That's, that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like to take into account, like, them getting McCaffrey, I think, was gross. Like we've touched, yeah, we we <laughs> we touched on that trade so many times on the show, but uh, just like that, inserting him into an already explosive offense was like kind of like a match made in heaven for them. So, you, you any team that goes up against the 49ers, like even though it is Purdy, even though he is a rookie, like just all those weapons being surrounded, and obviously Kyle Shanahan scheming things in for him just to to make him comfortable it it is a tall task to ask any defense to to line up against those guys right now especially just the way they're rolling I mean what 11 straight now it's just ridiculous turnover battle is going to be huge though like if Dallas can get a a pick or a fumble or two that they have to take advantage of every every single opportunity they get on a short field against you know a relentless defense as well especially a defense that generally keeps their opponents out of the end zone with a kicker who's struggling. You know, I, I foresee McCarthy kind of rolling the dice potentially on some of these fourth and two, fourth and one, fourth and twos, you know, if they get in that situation past midfield, honestly, just, just based on, um, you know, this last week and, and what, you know, we saw there with Maher, but I just want to ask you this last question about um, Ezekiel Elliott, is he washed up and should Tony Pollard be the main back? Because both Aaron and I think yes and yes to those questions. <laughs> How are we still asking this question? <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> I, I think, you know, even though Zeke still gets the quote-unquote starts, you know, you want your lead back to be Pollard and let Zeke do the short yardage, third down type runs. 
Yeah, I mean, Pollard, I think, actually has more yards than Zeke does, where Zeke has more touchdowns. Um, I could I could be wrong. Is that right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Pollard's first season over 1,000 yards, but Zeke is the touchdown machine. Yeah, and that is, you know, Zeke does still have that uh, – that ability to just you know bust through the line like a bowling ball type thing he's generally speaking not going to bust off 30 40 yard runs like pollard but it is nice to kind of have that bruiser like the eagles have Legarrette blunt you know in 2017 mm. uh really complimented our speedy backs well um <laughs> speedy backs i don't know why it sounds funny but <laughs> speedy backs boys anyway um as an eagles fan i'm scared of pollard moving forward um as a cowboys fan he's obviously clearly happy with pollard but uh, Aaron, do you have any final questions for him? I'll, I'll ask you, you know, be, be as honest and unbiased as you can being a Cowboys fan. Brutally honest. You got to be yeah. brutally honest here. You got to be brutal, but you also got to be honest. <laughs> you can't you can't be one or the other. So what's the final score? Who wins? And is it close? Is it high? You said high scoring. So I just want to hear uh, just a little bit of prediction time. Don't worry, the bank is closed, so our, you know, our listeners will not take this one or take this one to the bank. So you're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't win very many NFL bets, so <laughs> definitely save your money. Um, I think it's gonna be close. I think both teams are gonna have around 30 points, 30, 32, somewhere in that point, that range. I could see it going either way. I think usually the better quarterback wins. So I think I'm gonna have to say. Dallas pulls it out just because all things considered, Dak is better than Purdy. I know JD might not agree with that and whatnot, but uh no, when Dak's on, he's definitely better than Purdy. So when he's on. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. In this situation, he's gonna theoretically he's gonna play a lot better than Purdy, you would hope. Yeah. So as long as we start start fast, I know we're typically a second half team, but if we start fast and you know get more points obviously we'll win <laughs> sounds like a john madden the uh <laughs> the, the point of the game is after four quarters to have more points than the other team oh, what, what do you think al <laughs> rest in peace john madden but uh no That's matt right. hey man thanks for thanks for coming on and dealing with us with us eagles fan so uh, definitely uh, it's been a pleasure if the cowboys win um we'll have to get you back on to uh to talk some more smack especially if the eagles and cowboys end up both winning this week for going into that nfc championship game we'll have to you know throw the gloves off as they say in hockey and (laughs) get you back on here to talk about it so what do you think sounds good thanks for having me i appreciate it yeah man yeah man aaron this was a great show had a lot of fun interviewing matt and being with uh joe it was a real pleasure to have both those guys on so make sure you check out uh joe's show at philly philly tp on twitter or philly philly the podcast it's on youtube an awesome show or check him out at joe castro and uh, who else are we shouting out tonight, Aaron? Uh, shouting out the usual suspects, 1420. Definitely check out their variety of shows up there in Canada, as well as Level the Playing Field. Both those those uh, shows are north of the border, uh, but they offer some great content. And uh, can't forget Fan in the Van, as he started up a, uh, a second show as well, Steel Talk. So any Steelers fans or, or NFL fans in general, definitely check all those shows out. And if you enjoy our show, you'll, you'll definitely enjoy those shows as well. Yeah, and I'm also going to shout out We Like Sports Podcast. That's sports with a Z. Uh, All things Cleveland, the Guardians, the Browns, the Cavs, if you're a Cleveland fan. I'm sure Jim uh, is probably enraged once he hears this part of the show, but that's all right. Maybe we can get him back and forth, you know, Browns and um, the Steelers. That would be be fun. So uh, we are also going to be on the 1420 
uh, show. So that's going to be awesome. They reached out to us. We've been talking back and forth. They re- just reached out to us tonight. Actually, as we're recording the show, we saw the notification on our phone. So we will be on that show. Looking forward to, to hanging out with those guys, uh, Brent and Dave. That'll be a lot of fun. So check us out on Twitter at Brutally Honest, except without the T, Brutally Honest, because Twitter won't give us the T. Thanks again to everybody who's on the show tonight. Thanks to all our listeners. I hope you guys have a great divisional round weekend. Have fun. Be safe. Fly, Eagles, fly. Go, birds.